0: Welcome back to the EverybodySuffers.com podcast, the sweetest smelling podcast in the world. Everybody suffers. So how can I pray for you? I'm Carl Brown. And my hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or that you share consolation with others. In today's episode, I want to share with you some uncommon insight into scripture that I have experienced, and I think it comes from the Praying the Seven Sorrows Rosary. We're going to be looking specifically at Matthew chapter 16, and I'm pretty sure you've never heard this before, so I'm pretty excited to share this with you. This podcast is sponsored by Our Lady of Kibeho. Kibeho, Rwanda, was the site of the most recent major church-approved apparition of our Blessed Mother. She warned us of the Rwandan genocide of 1994, and she reintroduced the Seven Sorrows Rosary. Mary gave this warning more than 10 years before the genocide, which she confirmed by predicting the death and resurrection of three visionaries in Rwanda. And the warning she gave the people of Rwanda, she specifically said, was not just for Rwanda, but a warning for the whole world. So what will you do now? Will you pray the rosary every day as she asked? Or will you one day regret not having done enough to prevent what she warned us about? And the first four, I'm sorry, the first seven episodes of this podcast are full recitations of Seven Sorrows Rosary each with a different set of intentions or reflections. I invite you to listen to those and pray them. As we start this podcast, let's pray to the Holy Spirit for guidance in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Lord, you send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Lord, help me to say only what you want me to say and make me forget whatever it is you don't want me to say. And please open the ears of these these listeners, this audience, My hope is that through this podcast I can help you make sense out of suffering and there's promises from our lady of sorrows for those who pray this devotion and let me just run through those with you very quickly the first is peace in the family the second is enlightenment about the divine mysteries the third is consolation an accompaniment. The fourth is answers to your prayers. The fifth is protection from our infernal enemy. The sixth is visible assistance at the hour of our death. And the seventh is those who promote this devotion will be taken directly from earthly life to eternal happiness. The reason I'm sharing this with you is that it is the second promise there. They will be enlightened about the divine mysteries that leads me to share this podcast with you today. Because I pray the seven sorrows rosary, I feel as though I have had some enlightenment from scripture. And today's example is a really good example of that. One of the things I do when I do a meditation, I don't do this every day, but one of the things I do is what I've come to call a recollection. I read scripture, then I go through and I try to remember it and write it down. And the idea behind this is that it helps me to focus on things that I might have missed. I have done this a number of times. It, I don't do this when we're reading the genealogy of Jesus, because then the whole thing would have to be written down. But I do this fairly often, and it's amazing how much I miss. And it's amazing how much the things that I missed speak to me right then about what I'm praying about. This is an amazing thing about Scripture. Today's example from Matthew 16, I think, is one that will strike you and that you probably had not heard of before. So this is starting in verse 13. It's the confession of Peter as that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ. Let me just read it real quickly, and then we'll go into it. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples who do people say that the son of man is and they said some say John the Baptist others say Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets and he said to them but who do you say that I am Simon Peter replied you are the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus answered him blessed are you shall be loosed in heaven. And he strictly charged the, the, the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Okay, that's the reading. Matthew 16, from verses 13 to 20. Now, when I sat down to do a recollection here, I said to myself, okay, what did I just read? And I tried to write it down. And I thought, okay, I'm inviting you the listener, to think back on this as well, and I want to give you a pause to help you fill it in. So, when Jesus came into the district of fill-in-the-blank, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say fill-in-the-blank? And they said, some say blank, others say blank, and others blank, or one of the prophets. But he said to them, but who do you say blank? (laughs) Simon Peter replied, blank. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you blank. Okay, now I'm, I'm imagining you listening to this as you're on the treadmill or you're running or you're in your car and you're thinking, I didn't just listen to this podcast to hear a bunch of blanks. So let me just share with you how I typically remember this passage. What I typically remember is Jesus asking the disciples who they think he is. And Peter says, well you're the christ and then he says good job and you know this has been revealed to you by my heavenly father and here are the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven that's the way i typically remember it and there's a lot here that other scripture scholars can point out the significance of the district of Caesarea Philippi the fact that they were on a on a huge mount that was a huge rock. There's other things that are relevant here that I don't know about or that I'm not trying to bring out to light today. So let me turn to those blanks that I gave you and let's fill them in. When Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say Fill in the blank. If you're like me, when I sat down to write this one time, this was probably five years ago, I thought that what Jesus said was, who do the people say that I am? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, some say Jeremiah. And then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? So I, in my memory, I had pictured Jesus saying, Who do the people say that I am? And then who do you say that I am? But That's not what's in the Gospel of Matthew. What's in the Gospel is, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they say, well, some, John the Baptist, others, Elijah. And then who do you say that I am? And there's significance to the term Son of Man from the book of Daniel, that the Son of Man is a, is a divine figure. The son of man is a term that is connected to divinity. It's not a term, it's not just like another prophet. It's not like just like another king of Israel. The son of man is a divine figure. But what's important here is that Jesus does not say in the Gospel of Matthew, who do the people say I am and then who do you say that I am? Instead, he says, who do the people say the Son of Man is, and then who do you say that I am? Now, I want to compare this to pretend that you're in high school or college, and your your football team has a mascot, and somebody is dressed up as the mascot, whether it's a a badger or a buckeye or a bearcat or, or whatever, And at the end of the season They reveal who is the mascot because it's kind of a secret now It's not a secret to that person's roommate probably not a secret to that person's Girlfriend and close friends, whatever, but it's a pretty big revelation like oh it was Dominic I didn't know that okay But here's what I want you to picture Picture that that the person who is the mascot comes to you and you don't know that they're the mascot and they say to you, hey, who do the people think is the mascot? And then you say, well, some, some think it's Chris some think it's Pat. And then he says, but who do you think I am? If that were the case then that person would be telling you, I am the mascot. So let's go back and look at this. Who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. And then he says, but who do you say that I am? He's telling them, I'm the Son of Man. I had never considered this passage in that way. Not only had I pictured that Jesus was saying who's the who do the people say the son of man is and who do you say? I'm sorry not only had I pictured Jesus is saying who do you the people say I am and then who do you say that I am but in addition to that when Jesus says Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven I sort of pictured that Peter had been in prayer at some point in the past and sort of like a little dove came down and whispered into his ear, hey, Jesus is the Son of Man, or Jesus is the Messiah, or whatever. That's how I imagined it. Because it says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Okay, so then it must have been some sort of divine inspiration, some sort of whatever that is. Okay, here's my point. If Jesus says, who do the people say the son of man is? And he follows that up by saying, but who do you say that I am? He's telling them he's the son of man. And then Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Okay, now you're listening to a podcast, so it's hard to convey anything visually just through words, but I, sh- I want you to imagine three lines. The first line is, who do the people say the Son of Man is, and who do you say that I am? That's the first line. The second one is, you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And the third one is, no flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly father. Okay. In those three lines, we, the reader, learn something about Jesus. He is, he has several titles. The titles include Son of Man, and Christ or Messiah, and Son of the Living God, and No Mere Mortal, and My heavenly father, so he's he's the son of the heavenly father Here's my point Jesus revealed to Peter that he is the son of man But then he says no flesh and blood has not revealed this to you No mere mortal has revealed this to you man has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly father but if Peter's sitting there saying, "Hey, you just asked me who's the mascot, and then you asked me who you are," so you are, so now I know you're the mascot. In other words, Peter has got to be thinking to himself, "You, Jesus, are the one who revealed this to me." So here's this. This is really like the second insight. The first insight is that oh wait, Jesus didn't say who do you say that I am, and then or who do the people say that I am, and then who do you say that I am? In other words, he's telling them he's the son of man. Not, that's the first light, the first insight. But the second one is that when he says, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven, he's telling Peter that he, Jesus is not just flesh and blood. He's telling Peter that he's not just a mere mortal. And he's telling him that his, he and his father are one. Jesus is the one revealing this to Peter, but when he says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven, we can think that it's some sort of angel whispering or some sort of like insight that Peter had, but no, it's Jesus who's saying it. It's Jesus who's revealing it. So Jesus is the son of man. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. Jesus is the son of the living God. Jesus is no mere mortal, he's not just flesh and blood, and he's the Son of the Heavenly Father. I think that in this passage, what is happening in Peter's brain is he's realizing Jesus is the Son of Man and the Messiah, and that he's the second person of of the Trinity. Maybe he didn't know it was a Trinity, but I'm saying that I think that Peter is starting to put together that Jesus is divine. Not just a Messiah, and that it's Jesus who revealed to him that he that he's not just flesh and blood. Now there's some other really cool parallels and distinctions, like Jesus or Peter says, "You're the son of the living God," and and Jesus says, "Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah," and we know that Peter's father's name was not Jonah it was John so in some way Jesus is also telling him there's something about Jonah here in the person of Jesus there's there's a lot more in this this you know interaction but what i'm sharing with you is that when you pray the seven sorrows rosary you will be enlightened about the divine mysteries. You will have insights like this. I never heard this at a conference. I never read this in any book. It was an insight that I had. And many more of the insights that I had are so private, I really wouldn't want to share them with you. But I want to share with you this so that you can see that Mary's promise is true when she says, you will be enlightened about the divine mysteries. Thank you for joining me in this podcast today. Who can you share this podcast with? Let them know. It's kind of cool anyway. Tune in tomorrow. I've got a pretty cool episode scheduled for tomorrow. I'm Carl Brown. This is the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. Everybody suffers, so how can I pray for you? You can email me your prayer requests at carl at And either way, I'm going to pray for you. My hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or you can share consolation with others. Our Lady of Cabejo, pray for us. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. God bless you, have a great day.